Welcome back, everyone, to Yex Talks, The Next Wave. I'm Josh Grau, the Chief Marketing Officer of Yex. Uh, if this is your first time listening in, thank you. And uh, be sure to check out our previous episodes. But today is a doozy because we have one of the foremost leaders in the sport and fitness industry and also one of my dearest friends, Sarah Rob O'Hagan. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Josh. How are you? How are you? I'm awesome. It's always fun to see you. I know. This is the first we're actually seeing one another. Um, we have a little video system yeah. here, so um, it's a whole new world. Um, so for those <laughs> who aren't familiar with Sarah, uh, also known as SRO for her initials, uh, she's the CEO of Exos, which is a human performance company, and I am for sure going to have you unpack that for the mm -hmm. listeners. Um, but Sarah has built an amazing career uh, by sitting at the intersection of fitness and technology. Um, Exos is where she is today. She's also on the board of Strava, the incredibly popular fitness app and community for athletes. Um, and she's been the CEO of Flywheel, the president of Equinox, the president of Gatorade. She's also an author of the inspiring and also hilarious at times book, Extreme You. Sarah, what a dull background you have. <laughs> Totally. Uh, uh, so why we're so excited to have you, um, I am, of course, but but we at Yext are excited um, is because we're exploring the next wave. And uh, with the pandemic and the constraints of the last year, technology has become mission critical in trying to have normalcy and continuity in our lives. Um, and that's certainly been the case for fitness connected at home. Fitness yeah. really exploded. And we'll talk about that and tap into your big brain to dig into sort of what's next as the pandemic gets further in the rear view, thankfully, and people start returning to their normal normal routines. But um, to, to kick off, mm. let's anchor everyone in the present. And why don't you tell us a bit about Exos uh, for those who are unfamiliar? Yeah, absolutely. So Exos has been around for about 20 years and uh, it was originally called Athletes Performance because Mark Verstegen, the founder Basically, about 20 years ago, he realized that professional athletes or those who wanted to be were struggling with the fact that the trainer, the nutritionist, the physical therapist, the sports psychologist were all telling them like different things of how to improve their performance. And no one was actually helping them to put all those pieces together. And mm -hmm. so he actually, in my opinion, um, was the one who really pioneered what has now become a category of human performance, where you put effectively movement, nutrition, mindset, and recovery strategies together like mm -hmm. to drive your performance to the next level. Fast forward 20 years, and we um, expanded into actually the corporate environment. So we have we run the fitness centers in about 25% of the Fortune 500, so probably many of your clients at Yext. And, um, and what we do is we help those clients when they're trying to take their employees' performance to the next level. And mm -hmm. I think what's the most interesting thing about our journey and where the pandemic sort of took health and fitness is that, you know, Mark would say that the consumer landscape for fitness today with all manner of apps and streaming services and brands right. that we're all dealing with is actually where the professional athlete was 20 years ago. So we're mm. basically trying to do now for you and me what mm -hmm. we've done for those pro athletes all along. Are you suggesting that I'm not a professional athlete? <laughs> 
<laughs> we yeah. we've done a Barry's boot camp together, so you've yeah. seen you've seen my yeah. skills. So, okay. um, so this is you know obviously very on brand for you, given your background. But at the same time, you know a little bit of a unique move. So, what what drew you personally to this company, and what are some of the big things ahead now that you have settled in as a CEO? Yeah. Well, I joined the business, uh, you know, having met with the investors because we all believed there was a really big opportunity for Exos to go broader um, and direct all its consumers uh, in a more digital uh, way, basically. And it's funny because it was everything I'm very passionate about. And in my mind, I was like, there is this real convergence starting to happen between what we would call sport, work, and life. You know, like what we. 10 or 15 years ago, Josh, if we were going <laughs> to work together, we'd be, you know, having a martini in a bar in Manhattan. And now we would go to Barry's boot camp together. Right, you know, right, yeah. It's become a part of our work life. And so when I joined the business, I was like, there's a really interesting cultural moment emerging for how people's work and fitness and performance lives intersect. And then honestly, the pandemic happened and it just like accelerated Every, right. all those trends that were happening. And so uh, so I joined the business because I thought it was a big opportunity. Now I'm even more bullish about it. Yeah, honestly. yeah. So speaking of the pandemic and to play Captain Obvious here, the fitness space has changed a lot in the last yeah. year, year plus really. Mm-hmm. Um, before the pandemic, the boutique fitness world was crushing it and you yeah. you, came, you came from that world. But then a lot of those brands like Barry's, we mentioned, SoulCycle, mm-hmm. Um, really struggled when people stopped being able to go to the gym, attend in person. Um, but now it feels like it's starting to have a resurgence. Um, and separate from fitness, Zoom, for instance, just announced a new feature to make it feel like you are sitting inside your office. So clearly they're starting to feel the heat of people, you know, wanting to get back into the physical space. So, you know, do you think in general that this massive technology driven at home fitness wave is here to stay? What do you think is, you know, going to remain? What do you think starts to break Mm -hmm. off? What are you starting? What are you starting to see, you know, from your vantage point as we sort of get, get back into quote unquote normal? Yeah, no, it's a really, really great question. Everybody asks it right now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and the first thing I would say is it is definitely here to say to stay. So like we've seen the data, it's everyone talks about the pelotons and tonals of the world, but they're not even looking at just the sheer amount of weightlifting equipment, straps, you know, yoga yeah. mat. Like people invested heavily in yeah. all of the pieces of equipment to enable themselves to to work out at home. Right. And they like it. They like the convenience of it. That yeah. said, <laughs> We are definitely hearing um, from our all of our research that everyone's busting to get back to the bricks and mortar environment. And the way to think about fitness at the end of the day is, you know, the most engaged people have four to six workout occasions per week. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if four to six of them are at home, I think we can all expect half of them will bleed back into the bricks and mortar, yeah. but a bunch of them will stay at home because... Yeah. People like a little bit of the convenience, and then they definitely are looking for that social get back with the sweaty hoops. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We 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 are we are a tribal people, right? Yeah. Um, so actually, switching gears to the bricks and mortar side of it. So when you were at uh, Equinox, I remember that you spent so much time thinking about technology and how to integrate. Mm-hmm. 
you know, really innovative types of technology, thinking about strategic partnerships with the leading tech companies, um, just to give that brand, you know, an innovative advantage relative to any other um, competitors. So how do you think that Equinox and the more traditional bricks and mortar fitness brands fare during this time when everything has gone virtual? And what do you think some of those experience and business models are going to look like coming out for maybe those that have been sort of less technology inclined? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we saw Equinox, obviously they, you know, launched Varus that's now become Equinox Plus. And I think that, that it, it's fair to say that, you know, they were lucky they did it when they did, but let's be real, probably quite late to market because right. by then, you know, Peloton, even Nike Training Club, like right. all of the many free apps out there were already very well established. So I think... I think what we're going to see coming out the other side of this is that people definitely want both. And I actually think everybody has to respect the consumer wants both and they may not want it all one brand. And I think that's often the mistake fitness brands make is thinking that they can be the one stop shop when in actual fact, we all want a little bit of Strava, a little bit of Aries, a little bit of Equinox. and, And it's almost like, I think to win, folks are going to have to figure out how to play the best hand in their own lane, you know, yeah. and, and really do it well. Yeah. And and you mentioned Strava, which of course has been a digital platform from the get-go and uh, had e- extreme growth uh, during uh, the pandemic. So what are some of the things that that business learned with seeing such a surge of interest in, in Strava as people were, you know, just trying to uh, consume anything that gave them the ability to stay in shape while not being able to go to those more traditional bricks and mortar places. Yeah. I mean, the Strava story kind of a lot like, you know, Zoom, you mentioned, they definitely had the the tailwind of the pandemic of people, you know, had nowhere else to go, but to yeah. work out outside, et cetera. But what's really awesome about their story is that the people that they attracted into the platform truly were runners, cyclists, like heavily engaged in fitness. Like they they definitely saw people that were bang on with what their consumer profile is. So I think for them, um, they had made some real strategic moves just before the pandemic, not knowing yeah. it was coming away um, on the product development side, et cetera, that actually just really set them up to have the right offering to capture that wider audience. Now, like we just talked about those people who were maybe outside five days a week and, you know, are now going to start mixing it up with their equinoxes and their lifetime fitnesses. So, you know, Strava's going to have to continue to make sure they continue to uh, deliver the value to those people. But, they absolutely were one of the, the the players that was just well positioned in the right moment in the right, right time. Right, and uh, for those who aren't familiar with Strava, it's uh, an an app that uh, really caters to those who uh, enjoy running, cycling. You know, they have a very specific audience, and I think Strava or Peloton or any of these other companies that have had explosive growth have seen more and different types of people joining the platform. And so suddenly they're going from, in some cases, a more niche audience to a more uh, mass audience. And so you experienced that when you were at Gatorade, that you walked Mm -hmm. into Gatorade and they had kind of expanded really broadly, Mm -hmm. kind of moving into that sort of Costco by bulk uh, way of, way of living. <laughs> if, if you have a throat, you're my target customer. That yeah, kind of- yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yes. Anyone with a throat, uh, was now 
was now the Gatorade target. And you really worked hard to get back to that core, right? Yeah. To, to really turn the business around, which you did so successfully. So how do you think about that, um, you know, both with Strava, since you sit on the board there and, and give them a lot mm -hmm. of advice, but also at, at, at Exos as you're looking to mm -hmm. kind of expand and open the aperture of your audience and, and the pandemic really accelerating that in some ways. How do you think about the core? Who is the core of, of Exos and how are you thoughtfully trying to expand uh, into other markets? I mean, I honestly think with these great brands that it's it's more about what you stand for yeah. than who you appeal to. To use the words of the great Katy Perry, <laughs> you either stand for something or fall for everything. And I think what Gatorade had done, it wasn't just that they were going after everyone who had a throat, but they were trying to make their product meet the needs of a soft drink person right. you know, as opposed to we stand for athletic performance and right. we, we when we see you josh you incredible athlete you we <laughs> see you as an athlete and we're going to make use in that occasion and yeah so i think you know it's very relevant to my business right now i mean we we have hundreds of thousands of um employees that use our services every month and not all of them are hardcore athletes but we right. our point of view is performance that we want to help them move along a journey towards performance. And that may be that they're starting in a place of I've never worked out in my life before. Yeah. And I just want to be able to lift my grandchild for the first right, time. Right. I'm going to help you on that journey. Or it yeah. may be someone like you, Josh, that's just mm -hmm. such an elite level yeah. <laughs> athlete that we're trying to help you to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. But we we stand for helping humans perform yeah. at a higher level than what they currently do. I'm literally doing bicep curls as we record oh, this podcast. Yes, um, yeah, that's so important. Sort of understanding who you are and 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 why you matter in the world, and 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 letting people come to you who share that that common belief, right? Um, so I want to uh, go back to a couple of trends from uh, the pandemic. So Peloton was obviously one of the big winners of COVID. It sounds strange to talk about companies sort of winning in that horrible environment, but it's true. There were certain businesses that just absolutely benefited like never before. They had explosive growth, a successful IPO all during the course of you know, this really challenging time uh, seemed to be a bit of like the alpha male among their competitive set too. Um, there are some though that think that Peloton will continue to grow and grow and it's sort of like the brand that has changed the paradigm for good. And others who think it may be the next sort of Bowflex, you know, where, where you're, you'll hang your clothes at Ooh, the end of the day. And yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's polarizing, I suppose. Um, so what do you think about, you know, Peloton, but not just them, you know, all of these more niche at home hardware players like Mirror and Tonal, as we start to get back to normal, you touched on it before, but, you know, there, some of these things are major investments from a hardware purchasing perspective. So like, how do you view that as an ongoing trend, or do you think it's going to sort of taper off and get back into more of the sort of technology and virtual um, uh, space? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm going to start with the fact that Peloton, you know, they have ex executed exceptionally well. Yeah. They deliver an incredible product experience and nobody can take that away from them. And right. I, I truly say that as someone who's been in the industry a long time. Now that said, Josh, you're going to love this because Here's the thing about fitness and consumers is these trends have come and gone for years and years and years because let's go back to Jane Fonda, my friend. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> we actually did work yeah. out in the home. Years right. ago, we might have listened to cassettes or watched videos, but right. like these trends come and go. It's the same with boutique fitness. A lot of those in the industry talk about how the very first boutique fitness boom was actually in the 90s, believe it or not. There was a lot of boutique right. fitness going on. Right. And so the point is the consumer in fitness constantly samples and constantly needs newness to stay engaged. Yeah. And so I think the challenge for all of the at-home players is the exact same challenge for all of the bricks and mortar players. It's like, yep. are you constantly bringing freshness to the offering so that the person who isn't like, I've done the 8,000th ride with the same music and I'm ready to right. try something new? And, and are you also staying in tune with, you know, new modalities, new uh, science trends and, and fitness itself so that you're right. bringing offerings to help them get off their own plateaus. Right. Yeah. I love that you referred to our, our dear Jane Fonda, because that really was one of the yeah. first or maybe more kind of iconic moments of the intersection of technology, the VCR yes. and yes. fitness and oh. bringing it into the home, which, you know, there was such a aerobics and going to the gym craze and that really yes. changed the paradigm so it's it, the, not to things. mention richard simmons richard mm -hmm. simmons yes i all do these. remember doing richard simmons cassette tapes with my mother when yes. i was like 14 i'm not making this up <laughs> yeah yeah my mom my mom for sure had the jane fonda cassettes and then i recall in the 90s i ordered Tybo from Tybo! from yeah. from tv and i was in my in my living room probably looking ridiculous. Um, so I uh, want to um, ask you about the behemoths, right? Apple, mm -hmm. Google, Amazon have invested in the past and continue to invest very heavily into the fitness and health space. Google uh, acquired Fitbit. Uh, Apple has their whole fitness platform plus the Apple Watch. You know, so they've got a way to deliver fitness to you through, through hardware, of course. Um, Amazon and, and Amazon Halo and their slew of big plans. So what is your view on these giants getting into the space and what do you think it means for the industry more broadly? Yeah, I mean, I think they're all here to stay and they're, you know, I would not for a second uh, not think that they're, they're not going to move the industry forward. Um, you know, Apple is a perfect example. I think what they're doing with Fitness Plus is profoundly good, actually. And they're smart yeah. because they know they have a massively wide installed base and they're actually not going after the tippy top most, you know, high income players like where Peloton started. They're actually, even in the quality of their programming, very much saying, hey, this is for someone that is either, you know, hardcore or here's the alternative for someone who hasn't really worked out much right. before. So I think- right. I think the the big players are going to play the role that the big players will always play, but I don't think anyone ever fully owns the consumer in this category. And that's, to me, the, the piece we keep hearing from consumers that they're struggling with the most, which is where I started the story about Exos, is they're all trying to say, like, someone help me understand how my Noom connects to my Strava data, connects to what right. I did on Apple Fitness Plus, because... We call it like what a lot of consumers do: random acts of fitness. I'm trying right. to do everything, but I don't actually know if it's leading me. Right, anywhere. right. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, whereas certainly what we're spending a lot of time on at Exos in terms of our innovation agenda is how can we be that place that rises above and connects the dots for all of you to really help you move towards your stated goal. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so 
crystal ball time. Uh, what is your bold prediction about your space, the, the health and fitness space? You know, what is, what is one thing you think people aren't really thinking about that might give our listeners, uh, some good scoop or some good insight? Yeah, I think we're seeing it start to play out a little bit now, but I think we're going to see a lot more acquisitions, mergers, sort of ecosystems developing because of what I just said. And that is that I just think the consumer generally gets frustrated when, you know, if, if it's, if it's one piece of the pie and it doesn't connect to everything else going on, it is causing friction. The other thing I would say, this is a probably bold prediction, but I do think a year from now, the tailwinds of the pandemic become headwinds for the plethora of digital just content plays because I've always said a digital reverse lunge is a digital reverse lunge, (laughs) right? And there's just way too many players out there. And, you know, someone may sign up during a pandemic for 10 bucks a month because they're in the house and they're desperate after the pandemic. And they've got, they're going half of their occasions are back at boot camp class or whatever. You're going to see a lot of people drop out. I think at that point, yeah. it's be interesting. Yeah. I think "Digital Reverse Lunge" is Katy Perry's new album name. So <laughs> watch, watch that space. Okay, so we here at Yext are a search company, and we, speaking of removing friction, we're creating the next wave of of search for the enterprise to ensure great customer experiences on business websites. So because we're a search company, I would be remiss to not ask you a search centric question. So what is the last thing you searched for? Um, And keep keep it PG, please. And, (laughs) uh, and where did you search for it? And did you get the answer you needed on the first try? Well, funnily enough, Josh, because you are very familiar with this part of my family life at the moment. I was uh, looking on the Boston University website. Yes. Because my eldest son <laughs> is currently uh, trying to think about which college he's going to go to. And uh, I was I searched the topic sports journalism mm-hmm. to see if that was something that they offered and ended up with a whole list of articles that did not tell me if yeah. that was what they offered. And I ended up going to Google, use yeah. Google to figure out right. that was where to go. Right. Well, if you're listening, Boston University, you have <laughs> you have an interested candidate. Uh, so <laughs> give us a call and we'll help you ensure that he can get the information he needs. All right, uh, Sarah, I know you need to get back to making the world stronger and faster, uh, but I can't thank you enough for spending time with us here at Yext and time with me. Um, and if anyone is interested in checking out Exos, where should we direct them? Yeah. Um, www.exos.com. <laughs> um, that's where you'll find us at home. And for those uh, sports fans out there, uh, if you go online to or Instagram to exosports.com, you'll get a lot of great intel, actually, from the NFL draft last night. We had a lot of Ooh. amazing, amazing players that oh, that's right, yeah, very well last night. So yeah, yes. yeah, some some of your athletes, indeed. Okay, yeah, that's teamexos.com, and check them out on the social channels. And if you want to learn how to step up, stand out, and kick ass. Yeah. Definitely check out Sarah's platform, extremeu.com, and check out her book that she wrote a couple years ago. It is 
Um, very enlightening. And uh, if you could tell from this conversation, very, very funny uh, at the same time. <laughs> um, and uh, that is a wrap for this edition of Yex Talks, The Next Wave. Thanks so much for listening. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe on your favorite platform and please tell a friend. Sarah, thank you. You're the best. <laughs> Bye. Bye.